Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Divorce Diaries. And I'm your host, Stéphane Jutra. So it's been a couple weeks since a lot of podcasts, and I hope everyone had a good time. I know we went through a few holidays. I mean, here in Canada, July 1st was Canada Day. And also July 4th, uh, obviously, a big holiday in the U.S. that we don't really celebrate here, but there's always little pockets of uh, our American friends, you know, having some fireworks in some parks and uh, some of our friends celebrating. So I hope you all had a great time and maybe took the opportunity to relax a little bit and enjoy enjoy the summer. I mean, it's been great over here, uh, great weather up until now. Uh, so really, uh, we can't complain and... Even with the COVID uh, getting a little bit under control and basically things reopening and people starting to go out. So, you know, life kind of slowly going back to uh, what I guess will be that new normal. So I hope everybody's safe and I'm really happy to be with you all again this week. So this week in this episode, what I wanted to talk about is touch upon a subject that I've talked a little bit about in other episodes, uh, maybe not in much detail, but it's a subject that comes back and question that come back pretty often. And it's a subject that actually a lot of people are dreading about well, subject. I would say a moment that a lot of people are dreading is something that, you know, you never know what to do, very mysterious and scary at the same time. So we're talking about the day after. Uh, the day after the big news, the day after the big talk with your partner, or the day after talking with the kids, it's always a big thing. And there was, uh, I know I recorded an episode, probably uh, there was one of the first episodes, I think episode four, which was called The Point of No Return. So during that episode, I was talking and focusing a bit more about that talk. And when you get to that point, uh, what happens? So I realized I never really talked at least in detail about after that moment you know we talked about a bit in general what we do but I got a few questions about that and some of the listeners actually uh, one listener reached out to me uh, recently about this and we had a, a good discussion and I was thinking that that would be actually a great topic for an episode again just giving my uh, perspective and how it happened on my side and a bit like the discussion I had as well but like I said it's always a bit mysterious because it's something that you wish you never have to go through. But again, if you go through it and uh, basically you decide to move forward, and when all this is done is what do you do after? Uh, what do you do? So you got the talk. And so do you start by looking for an apartment? How do you do that? And what happens after that? You know, even the apartment. So you go on an apartment hunt, you find the perfect place and you move in and all of a sudden you have your kids 50-50, so the first week that you're alone by yourself sitting in your living room, you often, and I went through the same thing. <laughs> it was a tough moment because I sat down on my couch and my kids were not with me. I was by myself and all of a sudden you're sitting there and it's like, okay, so what do I do? I also have all this time that I didn't have before because, I mean, you always had someone there, right? even if you didn't talk to them often or even if you're not necessarily doing things with them and even if it wasn't the most pleasant thing, there was always uh, someone there. 
So now all of a sudden you're sitting there and there's no one. The kids are not with you. You have nothing planned and you have all this time to fill. So, so it can be, again, it can be something very scary. And often you sit down and wonder, what do I do next? So yeah, so that's the reason why I decided maybe I'll spend a little bit of time in this episode to talk about it. Like I said, had a couple questions and I welcome everyone out there um, if they have any comments or question about this to kind of reach out to me. We can have uh, exchange some emails and I can uh, talk about the comments as well in a subsequent episode or even discussing on Instagram. But but it's not it's not an easy uh, an easy thing to do, I have to say. So sometimes also what happens is you're kind of pushing out the discussion uh, with your partner, that point of no return. You're kind of pushing that out because you're scared of what's happening after. And a lot of times I would say it's necessarily the, dis- the discussion or the chat that you're scared of is, is again, what's after. So it's understandable. And a lot of times that's the reason why you kind of push it away and you don't have that discussion uh, because yeah, it's, it's, it can be scary <laughs> for sure. Again, I always say, and those are discussion I had before too, is that point of no return. If it, uh, the marriage is not working out or if there's difficulties in it, or if there's fights and things, it will happen eventually. And you have to have that discussion and, uh, well, hopefully it gets resolved, but I think a lot of the time it, it doesn't, and you have to get to the next step. The moment, first moment you're by yourself, it, it's always a shock and uh, it's not always easy to manage. So, I mean, a lot of the things you want, you ask yourself is, yeah, what do I do next? And, you know, how will I manage by myself as well, since all the time before was like with someone else. And there's also the challenges of finding a new place. It's like, what will I find? What can I find? What can I afford? Uh, it's something also very stressful. The other main point as well that is an unknown is, uh, you know, just seeing the kids just 50% of the time. And that's something that you're usually most of the time not used to it. So all of a sudden you see your kids whenever you want. And now the after will be like just seeing them 50% of the time, which is definitely not easy. There's everything else that we talked about as well, splitting everything up. How will you do it? The house, if you have a house, if you have like uh, different assets and stuff like that. So it's a lot of things to think about for the day after that decision and you decide to move on. And, you know, uh, you always have those discussions with people and people that are either still married and everybody thinks that living alone seems so exciting, right? So it's like, oh, you have all this time by yourself. It will be great. And it it goes down again to always uh, to the thing about the grass always greener on the other side, right? But uh, as exciting as it might seem to basically have all this time, it's not as exciting at the beginning because there's a lot of time to think about things. And also you start, yeah, you start thinking about how you fill up your space and your time. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. And at that time, at least for me, I wasn't really ready to socialize and, and do anything. So, so I tried to start taking some time there and maybe work on myself a little bit. Maybe not the beginning, but I was watching probably more Netflix than I should have been. But at least keeping my days busy and not to think about it. So now, I mean, the main question is, is that how's, how's the first day, how's the first uh, time you spend a week alone? Like I said before, it, it's really that weird feeling of just sitting there and just saying, I, I don't have anything to do, or I don't have much to do, or I don't want to do anything as well. Sometimes it's just the fact that, you know, you're sitting there, you don't want to do anything. You've been used to routine. I mean, as bad or as, as much 
complaining you might have done before when you were married, not having time to do anything or always have busy days and busy weeks and busy weekends, kind of get used to that routine. There's always something that happens. So all of a sudden now you don't have that routine anymore. You have to set up your routine. I think that's a good thing to do, but you don't have that routine and and you end up with a lot of free time. It's like, wow, I never realized how much time I could get on my own and how much free time I can get. So basically, you know, before the divorce, I mean, you may feel lonely and bored in your marriage, but like I said, at least there was a, a warm body to interact with, even if it's just that, or at least someone to interact with. On top of having so much time to fill and, you know, at that point you don't have any routine, uh, you start missing your kids, obviously, because again, it you take maybe some time, you take that for granted, just being able to tell them goodnight whenever you want or go see them or play with them. Uh, well, that first week alone, you're alone and you don't have them and you have to get used to not be able to interact with them uh, when you want. Obviously, the best thing, and that's what I recommend, is, is to keep in touch with them during that week. Now with the technology, you know, you can call them on their phone, on the internet, you can chat with them or even set up some some dates during that off week to go for ice cream and things like that with uh, with your kid. This is something that has to be agreed with your, uh, your ex-partner. But again, it works both ways as well. I mean, that's the agreement I got on my side. And there's one thing I never, never, never did is to prevent my kids to see their mom. I've never said no. And that's one thing, even if it was on my week and they wanted to see them, because I felt that it's it's fine. If they want to see them, they can spend time as much with as much as they can with them and it's healthy. And they miss their mom. And I was hoping and I was hoping it was it would be the same with me. So if they were with uh, their mom to come and see me. At the beginning it was it wasn't that straightforward and that obvious, but I mean as much, you know, when we started going and after a little while it became it became like this a bit more. And again, my kids, well, they were a bit younger at the time, but I still older now, but but still. Uh, I think the key here and what I would suggest is really to kind of get into an agreement. Again, you don't want your kids to go there all the time and every day they want to go or or you get into a fight, they want to go see the mom or they want to go see the dad. It, it's not it's not the right thing to do. But, you know, schedule during the week, uh, maybe uh, an evening to go at the restaurant with them. Or we even put that in our uh, in our agreement that once a week, I mean, during the off week when you don't have your kids, uh, there's an evening you can go and spend time with them. That would be a thing that worked well and I think uh, should should be at least considered by both parties. And uh, it's good for everybody. I think it's good even for the parent to able to, you know, not be as strict and just like stick with your one week off and on, and which can be a long time. I mean, when you used to spend, it can be, is a long time when you used to spend that much time with your kids and all of a sudden you don't see them for seven days. It's a long time. So enough of the uh, bad parts or the hard parts of uh, being alone after after basically your your decision is made. Um, there's also good parts. I mean, it's not only only bad things that happen. Like I mentioned a bit briefly before, I mean, the good parts after that is you know all of a sudden you have time for some hobbies that maybe you didn't have time before. And again, it's a lot more focus on yourself uh, than before. And I mean, getting a new place, getting a new apartment. So you start from zero. Well, zero in a way that it's your new place. Hopefully you can bring things from your house to make it at least a little bit, you know, more comfortable. And and also you, uh, you know, you go shopping for a new furniture and things for your apartment and or your house and to make it the way you want it to make it. 
And if you decide to buy out your partner, well, again, you stay in the house, but at the same time, you can kind of go around and decide what you do with the different rooms and things like that. So it's time to kind of, I don't know, move things around maybe and have another fresh start if you want. And like I said, also what I think is important is to put yourself first at times, especially when you don't have the kids. Obviously, when the kids are there, I think it's a bit more difficult and you have to take care of them and there's always activities, I mean, things to do. But when you finally, uh, by yourself, you have time for yourself and do things for you. And even if you just want to relax in silence, I mean, that's something you can do that maybe before wasn't possible. All that said, I mean, you know, whichever way we look at it, it's it's not an easy transition and for a lot of people like for me for example you know it was like 20 something years that you used to live with someone so all of a sudden you go back to being by yourself and it's not easy whichever way you look at it i mean also like one thing if ever uh, you find that's a difficult time like i said you can reach out to people and there's also a bunch of different groups that are out there with other dads and other parents and you can exchange tips and discuss and even just just talk so so there's always that to do. I actually did a little bit of research and there was an interesting article that I found on the Fatherly website about life after divorce. And they were giving basically eight tips for living alone again after a separation. The subtitle they put there is kind of interesting. It's really just, it takes time. And it does. I mean, some people... You know, it might take just a couple of weeks and they feel fine. Other people might take months, might take years, or it might even take like a day or two. So everybody's different. Bottom line, it takes time before you, you kind of start feeling a bit comfortable. So what the article says, and I mean, a bunch of articles too, I've kind of gone through a bunch on Google and just to see if there was any interesting tips. And I think I kind of summarized a little bit what they were saying before. And it's quite obvious. You kind of learn a lot about yourself once you're by yourself and, and there's nobody around. So it's the best part. And a lot of the article like this one, they basically mentioned what I said before to kind of embrace the silence. There'll be a lot of silence when you're, especially when you're by yourself, but instead of dreading it is just to kind of embrace it and just enjoy it. Enjoy some quiet time and, and just, again, maybe time to think about things and plan for the future. There's also establishing a routine, which is good. Like I mentioned as well before is it's also good. Like before the divorce or the separation, there was a certain, usually there's some kind of routine, even if you don't call it routine. I mean, there's things you do every day when your, your ex-partner comes home or with the kids or with work or with dinner or cleaning up and everything else. So a lot of things stay, but this kind of routine uh, that is there during that time. So the moment you basically leave and stay by yourself, that routine is kind of gone. So it's, I think, definitely important to sit down and start to do a little routine as well. You know, when you get up, what do you do? And maybe going to the gym, maybe uh, going for a walk, planning that every day, doing your work and a couple breaks and maybe watching a couple of shows you like, movies or any other hobby that, you know, you decided to, uh, to start to. So, so that's, a good, that's a good thing to do. One tip that he gave, and which is very interesting, and I actually started that a couple of years ago, I would say probably two or three years ago, and I, I don't remember where I heard that tip. You know, I've been working from home way before COVID, so for me it's been probably about, uh, I would say probably eight years about that I've been working from home. So obviously at the beginning it was difficult to work from home because you're home, your bed is there, and uh, it's very easy to go back in the bed or just to be lazy. 
And I read somewhere at some point that one of the best tips to be productive is to make your bed every day. And I don't know, some kind of, you know, you make your bed and basically it's like, okay, the bed is made and it's time to start your day and there's no no reason to go back in. And it's funny because it's very like psychological, I guess. And I mean, if you really wanted to go to bed, you couldn't do the bed and go in. But surprisingly, I found that it was quite effective. So the moment I get out of bed, the first thing I do is actually make my bed and, you know, I go take a shower and everything else. But it really helps me kind of start my day and say, okay, you know what, now it's time to start the day and and really kind of puts a line between work and the rest of my day. And I think it's a bit the same thing, making your bed every day. I mean, it's the first step of your day. And I was talking about routine before. It might be your first step as part of your routine. And it's kind of a way to get you going, not to spend the whole day in bed, just to get you going And it's really uh, something I would suggest every one of you to try at least once and see how it goes. But like I said, I was really surprised about that. So that was a great tip. And I think if I remember correctly, that came actually from the army. And it was someone that wrote an article or maybe tweeted something uh, from their uh, army days. So that's the first thing they do. You know, when they get up, uh, they just make their bed. So definitely uh, a thing I would suggest to try. So there's a bunch of other tips that they put there. I mean, there's another one that says don't plan for things that might happen. So uh, basically it's kind of, you have all this time, just go with the flow. If something comes up, you can, now you can say yes, because you have time and you can kind of enjoy those last minute things or they're out of the blue thing. Things you can do as well as learning to cook. I always love to cook. And actually I was the one really cooking in a relationship in my marriage uh, all over those years. And I always loved it. Uh, I wish I could have done it more, but obviously when you work and uh, you come back home and sometimes it's late and the kids, you know, kids when they're younger, they eat early and it, it gets a bit more difficult to do. But that's one thing I found when I was by myself and all of a sudden I got some time and I was kind of planning for my day, I decided as well to cook a little bit more. And there's a stereotype about dads just uh, feeding TV dinners to their kids and just going out to eat. Well, it's not true. I mean... <laughs> I'm guilty of doing it sometimes, but definitely not every night. And I love cooking. So, and some weekends, again, having more time, a bit less now because I kind of got again in that routine and the activities and things like that. But I remember at the beginning during the weekend when I had my weekends free, I would just buy a bunch of ingredients and cook meals for the week. So that was actually great. Also, I mean, an opportunity by being by yourself is to invite people over. So when you have your apartment and you kind of uh, put it the way you want, now it's time to invite people over and you can invite them anytime you want. I remember at the beginning, it was kind of nice. The kids would go to bed and I would just call a friend and just say, hey, you want to come for a beer? And we could just sit in the living room and just have a chat and just, uh, you know, just enjoy that time, just kind of out of the blue. It just seems that you, again, I said before, you end up having more time. And it just seems that it's easier to plan things, obviously, because at that point you have only you to think about and you basically decide what you want to do. So <laughs> if you want to invite someone at 3 a.m., you can do it. Nobody will stop you. So so those are the little things to, be, uh, to get used to it. And I think I was talking to uh, someone recently about that too. Just the fact of, you know, when you've been married for a while and even in a relationship, obviously when you do things, you hopefully call your wife or partner and just kind of check with them if they're free or not or if the time works or not and this kind of got engraved in your brain and I, I basically caught myself many times when I was by myself afterwards when it was time to plan something or to go somewhere and my first reflex was oh yeah I have to call home and just see if it's okay or not and I was kind of catching myself 
and just realizing, nope, I don't have to do that. So it's my planning and, you know, I can plan that and I can do it uh, without checking with anyone. So it's kind of something uh, different, obviously, and it gives a bit more, I guess, flexibility at times. So what else do they say about that? Yeah, learn about yourself again. I think I mentioned that. I mean, it's hard sometimes, but when you're by yourself, you have all this time for yourself, you kind of start learning about yourself again, uh, what you used to like maybe. And if you used to do some certain things uh, or going to gym or playing uh, tennis or whatever, you know, you're like, oh, no, you kind of uh, rekindle with all those old uh, habit that you have and hobbies that you have and things like that. So, so it's kind of nice to have that time and to start things again. And yeah, there's things you used to do and you have time to do them and you realize that you miss them. And again, it's not to blame anybody. It's not because, you know, during the marriage you couldn't do anything, but obviously again, there's that routine that gets in and there's two people to think about plus the kids. So it's a lot of planning. So basically once you get to your own place and you're by yourself and the kids are not with you, well, Pretty much sky is the limit on that one. So definitely that's the good part of all this after the separation and something to, you don't always think about, but something that you don't realize at first and you find it hard, but uh, the more you go, the more you kind of look forward to that. Not looking forward to not having your kids, having your time to yourself. And to be honest, also I felt guilty when my kids were not there or just kind of, even when I had my kids and think, oh, next week I don't have my kids, I'll be able to do this or that. Automatically, I started feeling guilty because I was thinking, well, why do I think that? I, I shouldn't think that. You know, the kids are always my priority, but it's all right to think about that, I think. And it's good. First of all, you kids are not there. And second of all, again, it's time for yourself and planning on that. And it's okay to enjoy that time. You're not putting your kids on the back burner or you're not putting yourself above them. They're not there. Don't feel guilty about that. I enjoy that time. Something I read that was interesting as well, and we'll probably end with this, is there was a bunch of advice that people give and things like that. I'm sure if you Google, like I said, you'll find a million article on that. But there was something I found, and again, it was also in the same article. It was like, look at your time alone after divorce as a time of solitude instead of a time of loneliness. So that was, you know, I had to reread that a couple of times and it's true. There's a difference between solitude and loneliness. I mean, you can be by yourself and you can be alone and still enjoy yourself. Or you can be alone and be lonely and missing people, missing your whole life. So the time that you have alone should be a time that you enjoy instead of dreading it. And it's a time that you kind of use uh, as much as you can. There was also another quote by Paul Tillich that was saying is like, uh, I think a philosopher, uh, loneliness expresses the pain of being alone and solitude expresses the glory of being alone. So I kind of like that one too. When you're lonely, obviously it's a bit painful, but the solitude should be basically, should be not an advantage, but should be like uh, a time of where you do things for you, a time that you enjoy. So anyways, I found that those quotes were quite interesting. So all in all, we've been talking a little bit about the day after. I hope that the episode helped you a little bit and gave you some tips and tricks and maybe learn a few things. Like I said, I would suggest just to also Google and you can get some ideas on that. Obviously, it's something not easy and sometimes you're lonely and it's normal to be lonely. You don't have to feel ashamed uh, to reach out. Maybe that sometimes that's all it takes, right? You kind of reach out and have some people around you. 
And like I said, if there's none, there's always groups. And as I always say in every episode I do is, uh, and thank you for the ones that reached out. I really, really enjoy uh, talking with some of you uh, out there, the listeners, my, my great listeners who are so kind to me. So if ever you feel like talking, even sending an email or whatever, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. I mean, I'm always there and I will reply to your email. I'm not at the point now that I'm so popular that, you know, I have to sort and filter my email. So, so please get, uh, let them, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can send them my way. It will be a pleasure to answer. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. And there's a few more, well, hopefully a lot more coming up. I have a couple of uh, the next ones that should also be interesting as well that I'm working on. Until then, if you have anything you want to talk about or if you want to reach me, you can reach me at thedivorce.diaries at gmail.com or you can go on my website as well, www.thedivorce.diaries.com. So you can send me an email. You can go on Instagram as well if you want. Uh, on my website, everything is there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Instagram account, as I always say, is kind of the most active one. And I usually post a, f a few things there. I'm trying to be a bit more uh, active on my Instagram account and really kind of get my game in the social media and push it a little bit more. <laughs> so uh, feel free if you want to, uh, you know, reach out to me on Instagram or comment on some of the posts there. Um, I mean, I'm always uh, happy to chat and discuss. So you can reach me that as well as the divorce.diaries. Like I said, I have a Facebook page and Twitter account as well that can be reached out. So on that note, I hope you had a great time and we'll talk very soon and please stay safe and take care. Bye-bye.